probably familiar with DNA sequencing. It's a technique that scientists use to determine the combination of nucleic acids, that is the four letters of DNA, A, T, C, G, that combine to make and store your genetic information. Since the outbreak of the coronavirus, researchers have determined that the COVID-19 genome is about 30,000 base pairs long. You can see it here on the screen right now. But have you considered what the COVID-19 genome would sound like if it was turned to music? To find out, I spoke with Dr. Mark Temple from Western Sydney University. My name is Mark Temple. I'm a senior lecturer at the University of um, Western Sydney. I, I should say Western Sydney University, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, you'll try that again. <laughs> <laughs> In a previous life, I was a musician and I think I still am a musician, but I'm not a practicing musician as much as I would like to be because I have a job and that job is molecular biology. I also try and introduce sonification and sound as an analysis tool for looking at DNA sequences. When I was homebound and I was looking for a project to do, I'd started working on a project that involved the human genome. And I was just starting the coding and just starting to collect the data. And then I thought, actually, why don't I look at the, 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 the nucleic acid sequence in the virus, the, the COVID virus. So before we get into how Dr. Mark Temple turned the COVID-19 genome into music, let's first discuss the virus itself. So the coronavirus gets its name because if you look at it under an electron microscope, it actually looks like the sun's corona. It has these proteins sticking out of its membrane. Inside the virus itself, the genetic material is composed out of RNA. This is a related molecule to DNA in the sense that it's almost identical except that it's single strand, unlike DNA, which is double strand, and it also has a different letter. Instead of a T, it has a U. So Dr. Mark Temple gets into explaining the genetic material of this virus with his super high-tech, super high-quality and expensive prop. With this RNA, two things can happen. The first is, at one end, the machinery can bind to read through the RNA and to make proteins. So the, the viral RNA can be used as a template to make proteins, okay? Mm. The other thing that can happen is that some of these proteins that are made can then bind on the other end of the RNA and read through to the opposite end, in the opposite direction, to copy the RNA. So this can be used to make copies and this can be used to make proteins. So there's two important processes that happen. So there's a lot going on with this skinny little single-stranded RNA within the cells. I asked Mark why it was so important to sequence the coronavirus genome. By, by comparing the different um, strands from different um, you know, um, organisms over different time periods, you can find out, well, this sequence here is common to all of the viruses. And this region here is different in the current COVID-19 sequence compared to the previous sequence. So here are some, are some important changes um, in the sequence which have caused different behavior of the virus. So by knowing the sequence and aligning the sequence with previous versions of the virus, you can work out what's changed and what regions are important. And then you can do standard bioinformatics to identify where genes are, where expressed bits of RNA are. And that's really important to understand how the virus functions. 
So let's actually get into how Dr. Mark Temple turned the COVID-19 genome into music. He's actually created a really cool tool. I, I was on your show a couple of years ago and I was talking about DNA sonification. So the idea was um, to use audio as a method of analyzing DNA. So I'm gonna select a telomere sequence from my list of genes. Um, and then I'm gonna sonify all three reading frames. And then I'll play it, it'll sound quite repetitive. Which is the telomere repeats. But there'll be a change. There you go. So it's, it's switched to a different melodic pattern because it's been put out of sync by one bass pair. Which is a mutation. It only takes one bass pair to knock that out because yeah, yeah. we're doing stuff in the reading phase, yeah. right? So, that, so huge, yeah. that big change in audio is caused by one bass pair change. And when I was analysing DNA sequences with audio, I was looking at repetitive sequences which have musical patterns. And I was looking at, you know, bits of the human genome that I could um, identify and understand things about. But when I then came to look at this much smaller thing, this is about 30,000 bass pairs whereas the human genome is six billion base pairs. So this is tiny compared to the human genome. So I, I, was, I was very much focused on, well, given that it's such a small sequence, not only can I use the sequence information to analyze and generate audio, but I can look at published information that says, this bit of the sequence is involved in this process, and this bit of the sequence is involved in another process. And therefore I could, I could use sound to tell me where that is when you're processing the audio, the, the sequence. And I could use sound to tell me where this thing was when I'm processing the sequence. And that sort of information isn't known from the sequence itself, it's known from other experiments that have used the sequence and people have said, we know this to be important, okay? So I put, I, I, that's basically metadata. It, it's mm. data that is not just sequence data, but it's data that relates to sequence data. Mm. So I've tried to use sound to capture that information. Mm. And I've also used sound just to capture the raw sequence information that you can read directly off this molecule, okay? And remember I was saying that in the cell it's processed either in this direction or in that direction? Mm -hmm. Well, if I read it in this direction to generate audio, you're mimicking the process of reading it in that direction. And if I read it in that way, to generate audio, I'm mimicking another process. So the processes, if you like, of translation and transcription, mm. or it can be mimicked by audio. And I thought that was a really good way to look at the sequence, because normally when you look at the sequence, you go to these kind of boring, technical, but very useful, but tedious sort of databases, and it's just thousands of base pairs, and it's you're looking at it, trying to work out what's going on. And there's lots of ways you can get information to help you look at the sequence, but none of the databases have audio as a tool to look at the sequence. So I thought, why not use audio to um, look at the sequence? So Mark gets into the nitty gritty details of how his tool works. So this is um, showing the process of translation where you're making proteins from the RNA sequence. So what you see here is a ribosome that is basically like a 3D printer inside the cell. And for it to print out its specific uh, proteins, it first needs to read the RNA sequence, which is what you see on the bottom. 
Now these 3D printers, these ribosomes, need to know when to start printing out a protein when it's reading the RNA sequence. And to do that, it looks for a specific codon. That is a three-letter code that we call the start codon. And this will continue to print out a protein until it hits a stop codon, which is right about here. And you can see at this point that the 3D printer, our ribosome, is no longer printing out a protein. What's really cool is Mark has also incorporated metadata, that is human curated data from journal articles and other databases and incorporated that into his tool so that he can audibly hear when there's metadata attached to that sequence. You can hear this sort of do 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 sort of noise in the background, you know, as it's playing, which is just converting the raw sequence into audio. But then this little thing that's highlighted in purple is the idea of metadata that I was saying, that we know there's something there, okay? So more than just the sequence, we have human um, curated information. And then when that sequence passed, it made a different little audio. I asked Mark why his tool was useful and what the future holds. Yeah, look, I, I think as a long-term goal, um, audio will become a tool that's used for DNA sequence analysis. At least I, I think it should become a tool for analysis. Um, I, I don't have the, um, the, 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 the technical background, if you like, to go into, um, you know, the University of California Santa Cruz genome browser tool, which is the, you know, the, the, the gold standard for mm -hmm. um, genomic analysis. I don't have the clout to go in there and write um, software to integrate with that tool. I just don't know enough about coding to do that. It's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> but what I can do, and I think what Australian scientists are good at doing, is saying, look, here's a really good idea, okay? And you put that idea out into the community and hopefully somebody else then goes, I can see the utility and what they're doing. Why don't we do that? And that's how science works, is that you, you, you've got to sort of influence people and work with people to propagate the ideas. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, Australian science is probably of a smaller scale than American science, you know, probably by a factor of, I don't know, 10, 100, I don't know how many times, you know, there's a, we're a much smaller community of scientists, but we've got lots of really good ideas within the community. And often these ideas get taken up by overseas labs and consortia and they get implemented wide scale. So I, I, I'm sort of on a very small sort of scale. I would like to see some audio tools integrated into genome browsers. And I think, um, you know, a, a bunch of people are coming around to it slowly. I think I need to keep, you know, wheeling my barrow for a few more years yet <laughs> to convince mm -hmm. everyone. Um, but, you know, it, it's good fun trying to sort of have these discussions with other um, bioinformaticians. Mm. Mm. So Mark is a musician and he's incorporating the sound of the genome and genes into his music performance. Listen to it here, but I've also included links into the description. Check out his uh, channel over here in the description as well and uh, let him know that Lab Coach sent you. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that guys. See you next time.